start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's up, everybody? Uh, Tom's working his way to the table. He's there. He is. Glad to be here, everybody. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, Nick's also here. He's been here the whole time. Yep, never left. Still here. Hundred and a lot of episodes later. Mm-hmm. We're actually closer to two hundred than we are one fifty. Yeah, we or are. I mean one hundred. I mean yes. Wild, yeah. very wild. Speaking of wild, while we got you on here, Tommy, been wanting to talk to you. Um, I don't know. I guess for our PA crowd, they know this, um, but we've uh, otter season is in for a short while here, and Tom's been hitting it hard, but he's had some just had some issues. So I just wanted to give Tom the floor real quick, talk a little bit about your otter trap and what you've been doing. But I also want you to touch on the frustrations we've encountered this week. So otter season here in PA, it's a short season. It's a week long. Um, there's a limit on to the number of traps you can have. You can only have five traps out, mm-hmm. two of which can be body gripping traps, Connor bear or cable restraint. And otters, I know that a lot of people have seen and caught otters in French Creek. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I wanted to focus. My trapping was along French Creek. Mm-hmm. So I did some scouting via Onyx and found some public state land where French Creek is actually like the back border of the game lands. And then there was some feeder streams that branched off and went right through the heart of the game lands. I'm like, that looks like a perfect spot. I didn't have access to public or private land Mm -hmm. um, on French Creek. So this was like the next best thing. Yeah. How big is French Creek? Are you giving away a huge secret here? French Creek's massive. Yeah. French Creek is long. I was just making sure that you weren't, Giving away too much info. Nick, you know that it starts up it's, I know in it's New York. New, yeah, but I don't know. Not like it's the Mississippi. It's no, but it, it goes New York, across PA, and then into Ohio. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's Big Creek. Hmm. So somewhere along there, that's where <laughs> I'm at. And I get out there, opening day, stop over at my lure supplier guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to say his name because that could uh, give away my location. <laughs> Good guy, though. Good guy. Continue. I was going to say, if people listen enough and are intentive, I think we've used his name before. Anyway. Nick's just trying to throw you under the bus, Tom. Yeah. So I'm going to give lats and longs at the end of this. He hooked me up, and he gave me this tip. He said, something a lot of guys aren't doing but that works is using a box trap catch otters Mm -hmm. and what you do is you put it on a sandbar or a bank that goes out into the river um, and kind of drape some grass over it make it look like a tunnel and i'm like 
that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So I got that bit of knowledge from them. I got some shellfish oil. And this is your first year otter trapping. First, first time. Yep. Long time listener, first time call. Absolutely. <laughs> I got some shellfish oil and some otter lure, and I was on my way. I had two conibears, two foot traps, and a box trap. That was my five setups. Mm-hmm. So my first setup, there was this finger that kind of went out into the creek. And I could tell that there was otters coming out of the river and using this finger to get up on land. There was a lot of otter crap and... Mm-hmm some clam shells and stuff, otter tracks. I'm like, yeah, this looks like a good spot. So I just... I honestly didn't know that, like, freshwater clams were a thing in that abundance. Mm-hmm. I, so I learned something today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and otters love them. So I made a little scent mound, put a little uh, cat food, tuna-based cat food out, mm-hmm. um, put some otter lure out there, and, uh, you know, put my foot trap on it. That one's been pretty quiet. So my second one, this is the box traps. So this one was the one I was really stoked about. And there was this perfect sandbar, and there was actually a fallen tree going across the sandbar, running parallel with the river. And I tucked my box trap up right against the side, and there was a bunch of, I don't know what kind of grass it was, but it was like three, four feet tall, and it was all dead just laying there. So mm-hmm. I grabbed a bunch of that, draped it over my trap just like, my lure supplier said I almost dropped his name. <laughs> just like he told me. You should just call him your dealer. Yeah, yeah my dealer. dealer. <laughs> Made it look like a nice little tunnel. Put a can of cat food in the back. Uh, put a trail of shellfish oil going from the exit of the trap about 10, 15 feet away from the trap. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a little otter lure. And then not far from there... I found two uh, little streams coming off the creek or off French Creek into into the game land. So I put two conibears, one in each outlet, trying to just block the entry and exits. You know, mm-hmm. if they come in or out, they're going to have to go through my trap. And then I just found one more similar little finger with a bunch of otter tracks that I put my final foot trap on. Mm-hmm. Well, day one, I go to check my traps. First trap I check, nice beaver in it, big 30-pounder. So that was pretty cool. All my other traps were empty. So day two, I go back and check my first trap, nothing in it. Second trap, it's my box trap, and I see from a distance that all the grass is, like, ripped off of it. Mm -hmm. And from my experience raccoon trapping, I know that, you know, when something's in a box trap, they're just digging and pulling it whatever they can so i'm like i'm pumped i'm like all right there's something in there i get up to it and there's nothing in there there's a bunch of dirt dug up into the bottom bottoms caked with mud all my grass is ripped off my can of bait was like five feet from my trap i'm like what the hell and then i see boot tracks i'm like rascals (laughs) so that's not what i said it was a little more colorful than that yeah i'm sure (laughs) but uh yeah so that was, and there was otter so tracks you, going. I'm assuming you're inferring that somebody released the animal out of the trap. Yeah. Sure yeah. what it seems like. That's I, I can't 100% confirm it, but all the arrows are pointing in that direction. Yeah. And the it, fact that there were otter tracks going up to it and boot tracks that didn't match my tread mm-hmm. leaves me to think that that's what happened. And it's illegal to interfere with somebody's hunt, so. 
Yeah. yeah. That's pretty... I guess... I, I knew it was illegal to intentionally interfere with a lawful hunt. I guess I never really thought to apply it to trapping, but it mm-hmm. is the same. Yeah, it's you're, it's um, the same principle. You know, you're yeah. out there trying to harvest something and someone else is yeah, messing with you. Tom's food for the spring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm like thinking, you know what? Maybe it was another otter trapper. Um, they really wanted one. They saw an opportunity to get it, and they just took mine and now they're happy and they'll leave me alone because they left my trap mm-hmm. so i rebaited it reset it picked some more grass draped it over all was hunky dory and uh went back the following day all my traps were empty and then that brings me to today i go out there with nick and same exact thing all my grass is ripped off nothing in the trap was half there the, like half any... the tuna lids out of the trap? So you know that somebody op- is opening this trap. Yeah. And like, cause you can't get a tuna can out of a trap, you know, with the door closed. Yeah. Like, so like for the tuna can to be outside, you know, somebody opened, somebody's the, yeah. opening the trap with an animal in there and yeah. releasing it. There wasn't like any blood or anything around it. It was no. Just... And now that it happened twice, I'm thinking it's somebody walking the property that's anti-trapping mm-hmm. just letting it out yeah just letting it out mm-hmm. that's so unfortunate oh, yeah. it, especially because like we tom's got seven days to do it it's not like a coon season or yeah where you got season where the... he could just be like screw this place i'm gonna go find somewhere else like yeah. you don't have the time no you have seven days mm-hmm. to trap this animal and yeah twice and like, now he's gotten robbed and we've all used box traps a lot i have never had I've had traps go off and not had something in them. They can't get out, though. <laughs> but if something gets in there and is in there tearing it up and, like, pulling all that mud in there, they can't get out on if, their and own. It, and if they did, the door would be busted off or the back would be busted out. Like, yeah. this trap is perfectly fine. Like, yeah. nothing is wrong with it. Somebody, 100%, like I said, there was boot tracks again today. I've realistically probably caught 75 raccoons with that trap. Yeah. Like it and nothing gets out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never had something escape a box trap. That's just. Well, nuts. and, and like Tom, with the tuna can being outside and then mm-hmm. the boot tracks are the real dead. Giveaway. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it sucks. Yeah. So what I did was I removed the box trap. Cause obviously that person's back in there every, every day, day before I can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and letting it out. So I, removed the box trap and I moved my two Kana bears. Me and Nick did some scouting and figured out how we were getting or how the otters were getting to there onto that sandbar where I had my trap where all, all them oyster shells were and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, unlocked now. Yeah. I put, put my Kana bears mm-hmm. on those slides where the otters are coming in and out. So I'd Pretty like to see that deal. person release an honor out of that <laughs> they could let I'd it out to, but it won't go very far no. <laughs> i'd love to catch him in the act it just it's so infuriating yeah and you said this like before we started it's probably someone that doesn't have a hunting license they're anti-hunting they're out walking their dog or something and, well and that's that's what we and it's yeah, game lands we, and we've mentioned this several times on the podcast the people that talk the loudest about how game land should be used 
aren't hunters. And, and if you don't have a hunting license, you're not paying. I've always for said that. if you want to use game lands, you should have to buy a hunting license. Yeah. Or a access pass. Yeah. You yeah, should be contributing to whatever, that property. Whatever my hunting license costs, that's what you should have to pay to use PA state game lands. Yeah. Like state parks, national parks, that's different. Totally. But yeah. PA game lands, you know, state game lands. They're dedicated to hunting that's why yeah. the money from hunting game licenses land. goes to that there's not an xbox out there to play it's yeah wild game yeah and we talked about i think the last time we brought it up was when people were you know up in arms about sunday hunting like mm-hmm. they want to go walk their dogs on sunday well you're not paying for this property like yeah you, you are not contributing you don't get a say yeah. and now you know there's like, plenty of public parks you can go walk. The yeah, dog. exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that's my thing. Like, I would like to believe, and I feel like we're probably pretty accurate with this, that somebody that does hunt or trap wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yeah. It, I could see, not that I would agree with it, but I could see somebody taking the box trap because they wanted the, the otter for themselves, like a hunter doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not ethical, don't like it. Yeah. But I could see that. But somebody that's just deliberately releasing the animal mm-hmm. to me is not somebody that's a sportsman that's paying for a license every year. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just, it's stupid. And, and it the sucks. fact that there's like no blood around the trap, it, someone's not taking it, you know, they're not. Oh yeah. They're definitely releasing it. Yeah. If they were to kill the animal, there would be evidence of it being, you know, killed there yeah. and then they took it, but yeah. you're not letting it out and then taking it with you. It's dead when you let it out. Yeah. So it, it, it sucks. It honestly makes me a little bit reluctant to utilize game lands. Yeah. Just because I've always had access to private land, um, but, you know, otter trapping, you... They're not, not everywhere. They're not like yeah. raccoons that yeah. you can just You're not going to find them on any piece. Of, you, you, you need a big creek. Yeah. Or a branch of a big creek. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's a little discouraging. Yeah, that's that's a big time bummer, and it's it's unfortunate that that's something that you have to deal with once in a while, especially yeah. on game lands that are like we said are dedicated to that sort of thing, and people want to mess with it. Like, just yeah. leave it alone. Yeah, it, it's yeah, just frustrating. I, I'm mm-hmm. speechless. I could, I'm so I'm mad I could spit. spit. <laughs> that's exactly it. Was Luke always say so pissed I could poop? That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's that's unfortunate. But I guess we can. I mean, you're, you're going to keep at it and see what happens, and hopefully next year you can find somewhere that is a little bit more private. You're not on those game lands. Yeah, because so I'm definitely not really enjoying this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you do it for fun. You don't want to go out there and be bummed out every day. Yeah, yeah, I'm not making any money off selling fur. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, yeah fur prices are really high right now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that beaver I got, I did sell uh, for four dollars. Nice. And beavers up this year. <laughs> so that's crazy how far down it is. Because it wasn't terribly long ago. I mean, it's probably longer than I think—eight years, ten years now. You used to get a decent bit of money for beavers and even raccoons. You got twenty, thirty, forty bucks. Oh yeah, for. Tom and I were easy getting twenty bucks for coons. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Now I time. see a raccoon in one of my traps. I'm like, damn it! <laughs> I gotta. Skin this thing out for a buck. Mm-hmm. Weren't you just having a conversation with somebody on uh, on yeah. Instagram? Yeah, uh, about like raccoons. Judd McCollum. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We were just talking, like you know, because he believes that you know people need to do their part to help the turkey population. Is like raccoons mm-hmm. are, you know, they're 
nest robbers, you know. Yeah. And yeah, they're not killing turkeys; they're eating eggs. Yeah, and and it's just people that you know. If you're complaining about the uh, turkey population in your area, there are things you can do to assist and help the turkeys. And Mm -hmm. killing coons is one of them. Yeah. Um, And you know, we and we were both on the same page with it um, because there's not any more money in it anymore. So a lot of people have you know an internal battle with themselves of like, man. I just feel bad about just killing these coons and not doing anything with them, mm-hmm. you know, cause like Tom and I always sold them, but now it's like, it's, you can't sell we, them. It costs us money to sell them because yeah. you know, by the time you trap them, spend the money to get them to a, a fur trader, mm-hmm. like you're, you're almost losing money. You are and, losing yeah, money. You like, are absolutely losing money. So it's just <laughs> the it, last raccoon I brought in. Um, the guy's like, what do you want me to do with that? I'm like, oh. <laughs> Kind of hoping to sell it. Please. <laughs> He's like, I'm not buying raccoons. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's the predicament you get in with, like, yeah. with raccoons. I mean, and Tom and I. Since fur is worth nothing, you're basically at, you're wasting it if you kill it. But at the same time, you can't have all these raccoons running around. So yeah. if you know a good raccoon recipe, <laughs> well, leave I'm it like, in the comments. I, yeah, thank you, Tom. I, I kind of. Um, like I can kind of tell myself, you know, that like it doesn't totally go to waste when mm-hmm. you throw it in the weeds, like because other animals are gonna eat it. Yeah, but it doesn't feel as good. Is yeah, that, like, it doesn't feel right to do yeah. it, even though, like you said, you know, something else is gonna eat it, and you're it's contributing something to the ecosystem, but it still feels well, weird. And even uh, something Judd had brought up too was that uh, he he noticed he enjoys seeing raccoons and stuff in the woods, which I do too. Yeah. I take pictures of raccoons all the time during archery season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure where he's located. I think he's more Midwest. Um, but he's noticed that like, they're not even healthy anymore when he sees them, you know, they're either mangy or just all beat up. Cause there's just too many fighting for territory. Yeah. Like it's just not even a healthy, uh, population anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it sucks. And I, I think it's going to be really difficult to get people on board with trapping and hunting them again until it's worth something. Yeah. Um, and organizations such as PETA, I think, are a huge problem for that because they push people away from using animal-based products. And mm-hmm. fur coats are one of them. You 100% know. animal-based. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it makes it really difficult. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it just, you know, Tom and I never sold direct to the auction. We always went through a fur trader because mm-hmm. we wanted money now versus yeah. waiting. But now if the fur trader's not even going to buy it, yeah. Like what, what can we do? Exactly. You know? you know, and if even fur- if you do send it to one of the big fur auctions, you're not getting much money. You're basically your paying for your shipping. Back. Yeah. You know, cause like we all are still, you know, we stay up to date on fur prices and everything and mm-hmm. all crossing fingers, hoping they would come back up, but it's just, <laughs> it's just not there. Yeah. So unfortunately, but I wish more people would help it out. And I, Tom and I loved coon hunting. It was a yeah, blast. it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's good, clean family fun. It is. I think it's it's a great way to stay in shape. It's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> this is true. Um, but I guess moving on from uh, the Debbie Downer of the first half of this episode, <laughs> uh, I did want to bring in something more positive and something that everybody should be. You want to comment on how good my I was just going to say is? another positive is <laughs> in between Nick Frank and I. We have a bag full of delicious venison summer sausage made by Nick. Yep. It's got little bits of jalapeno in it. It's pretty and good. 
I'm going to snack on some. Just try to <laughs> lean away from the mic while you do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it turned out really good. It was the first time I ever did that, so I was excited to bring some over. I made yeah, it's good stuff. I was a little risky. I made 30 pounds as my first attempt. <laughs> so I was like, man, I hope No trial out. run, just going for it. Yeah. But moving on from there, um, something that everybody should be thinking about this time of year. Um, you know, hunting season's over, but, but it's, it's starting. It's starting. Hunting season is never over. Yeah, you know what I mean. It uh, It's time to start. If you want to make tweaks to your setup, now is the time to start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, pro shops are the least busy right now. So if you want, like, I guess what I'm getting into here specifically is arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it, you know, a few times throughout the past couple months, how all three of us have been considering different arrows, different broadheads, whatnot. But I wanted to focus mainly on the arrows. Um, all three of us now have our new arrows and it's the perfect time to do that sort of thing because you have all year to shoot and get comfortable with this setup, get your bow shooting good with it. Um, and I, I just, I think people, if you wait till September, which I feel like a lot of people do that for their strings and every cables, yeah. all that stuff. It's you're already in crunch time. Pro shops are loaded to the max fixing crossbows at that time. Yeah. And it's just not a good time. I went in uh, to the pro shop I like to use and told him, you know, this is what I'm after. This is what I want to do with my bow. And then I spent a good three hours and shot tons of different arrows, tons of different weight broadheads, tons of different weighted inserts, three fletch, four fletch, helical, you know, Mm -hmm. all sorts of different things, trying to figure out what arrow does what I want it to do. Um, And that's how I got (coughs) sold on the arrow I'm using now. Mm -hmm. But it was amazing, you know, because like if you go online – there's so many pros out there that'll tell you, you know, you need a huge heavy arrow or you need, mm. you know, super light or whatever. Everybody's got a different opinion on it. Yeah. But to take a dozen different configurations of arrows, throw them through the same bow, mm-hmm. you know, from the same distance and just see what they do was eye-opening for me. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll start with what arrows I'm going to be shooting this year um, just because I and the one starting this off, but, um, I ended up going with, um, gold tip four millimeter. Um, I think they're the Valkyries. Mm -hmm. Um, but the main reason I went with the four millimeter is for penetration. Uh, they're quite, I, they're, I think they're only like a two forty spine. They're a very stiff arrow, Mm -hmm. but that's because they're so thin. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the big thing I, I went into the pro shop, I told him, you know, I'm not really, I'm not a speed guy. I don't really care how fast my bow is. T- today's modern bows are way faster than what we were shooting 20 years ago. Yeah. So I don't really care about speed. I want. I told him, I said, I want a heavy, or I mean, not a heavy. I want an arrow that is going to penetrate mm-hmm. as deep as I possibly can mm-hmm. through a whitetail. That's, that's what I want. Um, and he said, okay, let's get your current arrow set up. So I took the current arrow I'm using, which was a uh, Beeman uh, Pro Hunter, I think a, six millimeter like pretty mm-hmm. standard yeah hunting arrow um with a hundred grain broadhead and i threw that into the target and then he's like okay here take this arrow throw that into the target and i was marking with tape you the know right the penetration pulling them out looking okay you know came down to it so i came up to four millimeter arrow and throw that down there that penetrated way deeper than i mean it was the same weight as mm-hmm. mine um but just four millimeters instead of six millimeter penetrated way deeper. And basically what I observed was the 
lack of surface area on the um, mm-hmm. broadhead. And because it's a four millimeter arrow, your broadhead and field point actually creates a, like a channel for your arrow. Yeah, to go for the, through. exactly. So I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting, but I'm not sold. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, let's juice up the weight on this arrow because like I said, I'm not really, I don't care that much about speed. I'm like, let's just bump the weight up on this current arrow I've got and see what it does. So I start bumping it up, bumping it up, bumping it up. I put an additional hundred grains mm-hmm. on my six millimeter arrow and it still couldn't penetrate as deep as that four millimeter. Yeah. Like, so say I'm, I'm just going to throw arbitrary numbers just because like they're obviously are not hunting weights at all. Yeah. So if I had a hundred grain, four millimeter arrow, and a 100 grain 6 millimeter arrow. And then I took a 200 grain 6 millimeter arrow. Still could not penetrate as deep as mm-hmm. the 4 mil. Like It was insane that like even with an extra 100 grains on the front, you know, FOC. Yeah. Still could not penetrate as deep as that one. Yeah, that's like the big craze now is FOC. And Which, I, I do it's think important. it's important. It is it's, very I, important. I don't want to make it sound like I don't think it's important. I just, yeah, I, I just, I think people... You don't need a 700 grain arrow to shoot whitetails. Yeah. Um, I think FOC is a very important, but yeah. your FOC. Why don't you tell the listeners what FOC is? Front of center. You thought you were going to catch me with something I didn't know. No. I, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I know a uh, lot of people might not know what you're talking okay. about. Uh, yeah, it's front of center. And basically, exactly as it sounds, it's the weight percentage on your arrow front of the center. Mm-hmm. So basically, a higher percentage. You on know, the front end is what they are talking. You want more higher FOC, higher F- FOC, which it's important to have good FOC, but you can do that on a lighter platform. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at. Like you're, you can still have high percentages with a lighter arrow. Yeah. You don't need a 700 grain arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, my arrow with the 125 grain broadhead and everything, I think is like 580 grains. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit heavier. Um, but it's, it's, I've got a 75 grain insert, 125 grain, broadhead. grain outsert. Yeah, yeah it's, an, it's an outsert. Yeah, you're right, because it's um, four millimeters. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another thing I kind of like is because it creates a channel mm-hmm. over, or I mean, a, like a channel for the back of the arrow to go through, so it's like wider at the front than it is the back. Yeah. Um, and I know Tom's, you know, he's done some reading and talking with some other guys in pro shops, said that the durability with your four millimeters aren't as good as something like six millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as worried about, shooting the same arrow through multiple deer mm-hmm. like that. And that's in some people are like, no, I like to say, throw the same arrow through. I shot two deer with the same arrow this year. Like it's fine, but mm-hmm. I'm, I don't care. Like if, if I, if my arrow kills one deer, I've got it, to be out to, of that. To me, it has done its job. Yeah. I'm more worried about getting multiple deer out of a broadhead. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, but, and I also don't think that, it's not like these broadhead or these arrows are one time use. Yeah. I think what happens is people bounce them off a rock Mm-hmm. after a shot yeah. and they're I, I don't think penetrating through an animal is going to break them mm-hmm. and, I, and i've shot a bunch of them into foam targets like a lot mm-hmm. and i have not seen any issues yet so mm-hmm. i think a lot of it is just bone or rock mm-hmm. um, that may cause some issues but we'll cross that bridge when we get there the biggest thing i saw was i mean over you know two inches deeper of penetration into a solid closed foam target mm-hmm. which is a lot to me yeah like, that is so that's why I went with that setup, and I'm really excited about it. They're also very expensive. Yeah. Um, I, about shit, because they're literally double 
what I was paying for you, you know, because I asked him like, how much are these? And they're like, 120 bucks. I'm like, all right. I'm <laughs> That's like, for six of them. I was like, and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, them pro hunters are like 60 bucks for yeah six. Um, but like I said, it, it's it is what it is. This is what I like to do. I don't have any other hobbies. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I, I get, which is not nearly as important, um, but I just figured I'd throw it out there. Um, I also did four fletch. Um, oh, you did go with yep, four? I did go four. And only because I noticed a slightly flatter trajectory mm-hmm. um, out. And I was only shooting 30 yards. But if I use like the same pin at 20 and 30, mm-hmm. um, there was less drop with the four fletch arrow than there was three. Mm-hmm. Cause the like, guy had both exact same arrow. One had three, one had four. And they just, I seem to get a flatter trajectory out of the four. Yeah. Um, and I guess what it does is it helps with drag, um, mm-hmm. which I guess you can achieve the same thing with bigger fletchings. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily need to put four. You could go back to the, do old, you have the short ones? Or yeah. Do you they're have shorties. Okay. Um, but there's, but they're three or four of them. Yeah. Um, I guess you can achieve the exact same thing I'm doing by putting a four inch fletch on yeah, it rather than, a, which is what we all used to run when we were just yeah. getting started. I don't know why it, that I, just kind of became the big thing was to have the shorter fletch. In. I think it's honestly the technology of the bows. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they're tuned way better than they were 15 years ago. Um, and I don't know if it has something to do with back then. It was really popular. Like aluminum arrows were the thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it had something to do with that. But I well, know like feathers always used to be the more popular thing. And feather, you know, you don't see the short feathers. You see yeah, the that's veins true. are short, not feathers. Yeah. Um, but either way, yeah. So that, that was my setup. And it was, I'm really happy with them. Um, and I'm excited to, you know, really test them out on a deer this year. Yeah. Maybe. I keep saying it. I'm I'm feeling pretty calm. It might break out for a bird. I don't know. You need to quit talking about it and start just, being yeah, about it. Yeah, talk about it. Be about it. Yeah. Maybe that's. I'll uh, I'll just say it now. Yeah. No shotgun until I get one with a bow this year. I'm just gonna do it. All right. We'll see. Bow only. No blind. There you go. I like it. I may use a blinding climber. It's <sighs> still impressive. Yeah, I, um, I agree. It's still- but. For the most part, no blind only because it's too hard to mm-hmm. like move it around like and hunt yeah. the way I want to for turkeys. Mm-hmm. Tom's seen it. The way I, I don't have patience for birds. No. I, <laughs> I'm I, the same way. I do. I, I will give it 15, 20 minutes. If it's not happening, I'm moving. Mm-hmm. I'm like, birds 150 yards out. I'm like, let's get 30 yards closer. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to be, I got to be at breakfast. Let's go. Yeah. But Tommy, I know you uh, just bought some new arrows for your bow. Um, kind of did similar things to me and you came up with a different arrow. But break down what you're shooting this year and why. I'm shooting Eastern Axis five millimeters. Obviously, one millimeter larger than yep. Nick's, but uh, one millimeter smaller than the standard six millimeter arrow. Mm-hmm. So you still get that smaller shaft. But what I liked about those is you can still do an insert with a five millimeter. Mm-hmm. You don't have to switch over to the outsert, which the Botech I was talking to just he just basically said that you know if you hit something hard a lot of times these outserts will bend or break mm-hmm. um, so I I went with the five millimeter I put a 75 grain insert in and I'm shooting 125 grain single bevel iron wheel SB 125s and on top of that I put my money bags over here yeah really yeah, my uh fletchings at so i'll back it up a little bit so bought a new bow we talked about it i think yeah and 
I yeah, Team Matthews shot it with a bare shaft, um, and depending on the way your strings are wound, your arrow naturally will want to turn to the right or turn to the left. So I shot mine, found that my arrow naturally wants to turn to the right or clockwise. So I we put my fletchings on the arrow at a two degree offset to the right. And with my single bevel broadhead, it's beveled on the right. So everything is helping this arrow spin the natural way that it wants to. It, it creates more penetration, a fatter, flatter flying arrow, um, and just a all-around more accurate arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I did a lot of homework and reading reviews and whatnot on these iron wheels. And supposedly they're the best penetrating broadhead on the market. And with that single bevel and you pair that with your right offset uh, fletchings, when that arrow's going through the animal, it actually spins through the animal like a like a drill bit. Mm-hmm. So you you look at the iron will broadhead and it it honestly resembles a Native American arrowhead point yeah it's flat yeah and you think man you're not going to have any blood trail but how this is designed is it goes through and spins so it actually creates a hole through the air or through the animal it Mm. doesn't just do a flat slit it punches a hole and i guess they have incredible blood trails Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to try it out um i don't know if i said this on the podcast or not yet um but It'll be oh, two two weeks from now. I'm moving out of the parents' house, and I'll be on my own. So I'm no longer going to be not shooting does. <laughs> so I will definitely be testing these arrows out on as many does as I can, trying to fill my freezer. Isn't it boy. funny how uh, as soon as Tom has to fend for himself, he comes out with the uh, earn a buck policy at the headquarters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He used to be so against shooting does. Now you're not even allowed to yeah, shoot not, a buck until yeah. you I wasn't against shooting does. <laughs> you just I, didn't want to I do it. openly admitted that we needed to do it. But <laughs> just didn't want to do it. Yeah, I wasn't really feeling like doing it. But now that I'm not going to be getting food for free, yeah, I'm going to be Load stacking as much up. meat in the freezer as I possibly can. No so. doubt. Yeah, so we're going to test out those iron wheels. All season long. Yeah. Frank, what are you shooting? Maybe you should chew your food before you talk to them. Like, <laughs> you can't even tell them chewing anything. Oh, God, yeah, you can. <laughs> um, Drives me nuts. I actually, at the moment, I am not shooting my hunting arrow. Because, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, I switched to uh, the recurve. So, I'm still getting used to that. I'm getting working on getting dialed in with that. And I didn't want to buy my expensive hunting arrows that are 125 bucks for six. So. Do you feel like less of a man because you're not shooting a longbow? No. I feel okay. like more of a man. Okay. Hmm. Just curious. Um, <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. Weird flex. Uh, so I didn't want to be learning to shoot this recurve and losing arrows with arrows that are you know almost 300 bucks a dozen. I'm not looking Have you thought them. about... How many did Maybe you say just per like dozen? hitting the target. I I haven't lost one yet, and I've been shooting. Does that mean every... that you have hit the target every time, or you've found them when they ended up in the dirt? I've hit the target every time. I have yet to miss a target, but I'm not shooting far. You know, I'm 
shooting 15 yards just to i'm more working on my form right now are you shooting straight up and down are you kind of like canted canted yeah Uh, ted nugent would be proud he would too we should have him on the podcast talk about it i'll call him after we get on off the air call old uncle ted but uh so right now i'm shooting uh an easton carbon legacy Mm -hmm. uh just because they're a cheaper arrow they are a feathered arrow and um, carbon will work out of a recurve? They do still fire. They don't just disintegrate. Hmm. That's surprising. It is tough to believe that you can fire something other than wood out of them. But uh, it is working. You, yeah, and you're not like whittling your own knock into the end of it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Traditional, my ass. So the basic platform of the arrow, I'm shooting the same length. The feathers are the same length. You know, Everything is the same. It's a little bit lighter than my hunting arrow will be, but like I said, it's that's not what I'm really right doing now you're just right trying now. to get your form and accuracy, then you can jump exactly. up to the right arrow and yeah. sight it in per se. Yeah. Yes, exactly. With so, your five pin sight that you're putting on there. I'm not putting a five pin sight I'm on there. I'm just gonna start spreading wild random rumors. I'm sure you're going to. I can't wait. Like his recurve actually has cams on it. <laughs> Never seen it. Before. Actually has cams. <laughs> um so the arrow that I'm eventually going to get and will be my hunting arrow is a gold tip arrow. Hmm. And they make a nice arrow. They do. And it's Ted uh, Nugent shoots gold tip. Does he? Yeah. They have a Another Ted Nugent. To get them on. They have a Ted Nugent. Oh, you know edition. what I did see? Yeah. yeah. I did see that on there. They're like uh, aren't they like zebra striped or purple or something? Mm, the they got... Purple and zebra striped. Yeah. Sure. It's got like a purple fletching and zebra stripe wrap, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I would be okay with you shooting those. I prefer a wood grain. Mine are wood grain. Okay. If you didn't, sweaty teddy arrows would be okay. Yeah. So the ones that I'm going to get are um, a five millimeter arrow, um, and they do have a half out cert. It's not like a full yep. long out cert. You know what a half out is. Yeah, it goes um, halfway in. Yeah, exactly. Just the tip. Um, and it's a 75 grain half out. Um so it'll be plenty heavy on the front. Uh, my overall weight, it's a decently heavy arrow. Uh, I want to say the overall weight's going to be, it'll be short of 600, but uh, not much. It's going to be in like the 590s, right around there. It's a decently heavy arrow um, with 5-inch feathers on it. So it's, it's, it's the same arrow that I'm shooting now, just heavier. Um, gotcha. So it won't take too much getting used to twice the killing power. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely very excited to run that through an animal. I went with a little bit heavier arrow just because I'm going slower. Um, Mm -hmm. And I still have the narrower shaft than normal. It's got a decent FOC on it. So I have all the components, but I went a little heavier just because it's a recurve. It's going slower. So I want a little bit more momentum to power through. Right. Hmm. Are you going to hunt turkeys with it? Yep, I am not. I was watching a video the other day that really got me, like, put me into, like, the 95% that I was going to do it. Now I'm at 100. You're, you better, you but, have to be at 100. But earlier now. this week, I was at 95%. I found a video on YouTube. It was five minutes and 50 kills. The guy, I don't know if it was one person or a lot of people. I don't know, but there was freaking 50 turkeys getting flipped with arrows and that's nice it was wild i was like yeah i I gotta do that i just now have to decide if i want to run the arrows that i'm running now and go for a body shot or do i grab some 125 grain um 
guillotines mm-hmm. and slice its head off. Either one would be great. Yeah, I feel like I want to go for the guillotine personally. Mm-hmm. How um, big's the kill zone on a body shot? About dude? a softball. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Tough call. It, 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 yeah, it's very small. You, you, I haven't seen your arrows, but you might need to get a longer arrow depending on how much clearance you have because those guillotines, they're freaking big. Well, they make expandable ones now, but I don't think I'd want to shoot an expandable one mm-hmm. just because like, I just don't like that idea. Like, yeah. It needs to be open when it hits the head. Yeah. Or if, or if you, you miss if the head. If you're and just you... barely off the head, I want to be able to still slice her off. I just think it would be nuts to decapitate one at like 25 yards. That'd be sick. So I'm hoping, like, in, and I'm wondering, like, I, I do have to do some more research on it. But I'm wondering if if you can use those guillotines and still take a body shot. If, like, say he's, you know, full strut and he just turns his back to me, if I can run straight, one, yeah, yeah, run one straight up the old dirt hole mm-hmm. and call it good. But I don't know. Tough to say. Maybe I, no, no, that's not going to work either. I was going to say bring a couple arrows, but. I'm not gonna be switching with no blind, <laughs> no blind out. Yeah, game time decision. <laughs> but so I guess this, I am being serious here. If you are somebody that spends successful hunting turkeys with a bow, um, I don't care if you were using a blind or not. The main thing I'm interested in is what broadheads you were using, mm-hmm. where you were shooting them, how well it went. Um, so yeah, if that's you, get a hold of us. Love to chat. Um, be neat. No so, doubt. Yeah be fun stuff um yeah anything else boys no that's that's about it just prepping for prepping for deer season all right well i want to thank everybody for tuning in this long um appreciate you guys tuning in all these weeks and years at this point um but if you listen this long i figured just give you just a little tidbit before we sign out here new studio coming soon get outside